Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Lots to talk about here as the Islanders return home. They'll have two games to play this weekend tonight against the Detroit Red Wings at the Nassau Coliseum. And then Sunday at the Nassau Coliseum, it'll be the San Jose Sharks as uh, the Islanders desperately needing to get back on track. And back into the win column after going 0-4-0 on their four-game Western Conference road trip. We will preview tonight's game against the Red Wings. And we will have this date in Islanders history and discuss the trade deadline, which is coming up Monday. What should the Islanders really do? Is this team good enough to justify being buyers? We'll talk about that and a whole lot more all on today's show. Don't forget if there's something on your mind, you want to drop us an email uh, with a question, a comment, or a topic uh, that you'd like us to discuss. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles and follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and happenings around the New York Islanders, and the Islanders organization. So, let's uh, let's get started with the trade deadline situation. The Islanders coming back now after the uh, 0-4-0 road trip, which saw the team score a grand total of two goals in those four games. And the question remains right now, with the trade deadline just uh, a couple of days away, what should Lou Lamorello, as general manager of the Islanders, do? Obviously, you picked up Andy Green to solidify your defensive core after the Pelic injury. That made sense. That shows you're in win-now mode. And this team is more or less, even though they are young in a lot of areas, they're built to win now. But the question is, You know, right now the Islanders are 23rd in the league in goals scored, 22nd in the league in power play percentage. And they're slumping now badly, you know, like we mentioned, two goals in the last four games. Would the addition of a decent, you know, 20 to 25 goal scorer to this lineup make that big of a difference? where the Islanders would then become 
legitimate Stanley Cup contenders. Right now, this team is fighting to make the playoffs. They are fighting just to qualify. And quite honestly, as of right now, if the season ended Thursday night at the conclusion of play, the Islanders would not make the playoffs. Now, they have a couple of games in hand that they still have to play, so it's not that cut and dry. But at the end of the day, the New York Islanders right now are on the on the fence between qualifying for the playoffs and not making the playoffs at all. So the question becomes, what are you willing to give up in order to improve this team, and is it worth it in the long run? Do If you add, let's say even, uh, and I don't think they're going to get Chris Kreider from the Rangers, that's not realistically going to happen, but you know, if you add a 25-goal scorer to this lineup, is this team good enough to make a long playoff run? And I, I think the question that really needs to be asked is not, are they good enough? Because let's face it, the Islanders are capable of playing with anybody. But what are you really doing? Even if you add a player to this lineup, you're essentially putting forth a, you know, you're going to be fifth, sixth, seventh seed, you know, maybe you're the the third place team in the Metropolitan, maybe you're a wild card, you're going to go up against some of the top teams early on, whether it's Pittsburgh, Washington, Boston, Tampa, even if you get past one of them, I don't think the Islanders would be favored in a series against most of the teams that they would face in the first round. So even if they pull off the upset, even if they are able to win one game, or rather one playoff series, that's a long way from a Stanley Cup. So what are you willing to part with in draft picks and players to get a rental player? Now, if Lou Lamorello is able to get a player with a year or two left on his contract, Maybe that makes a little more sense. You're willing to give up that second or third round pick or a a younger player who may not be in the lineup right away. Uh, But Islander fans have to ask themselves, as, as much as you want to make the playoffs, as much as you always say, hey, once you qualify for the playoffs, anything can happen. And that's true in the NHL. You get your goalie hot, a key injury, You know, eighth place teams in the NHL have made and won Stanley Cups. It happens. They've made made it to the final, all all of these things. But it's unlikely. And I don't know what it's actually worth to the Islanders. What do you actually give up? How big of a prospect? How high of a draft pick? They've already traded a second to rent Andy Green for the rest of this season. A second in 2021. Do you deal your second in 2020? Do you deal your first round pick to get a top scorer? Because right now, with the supply and demand coming at the trade deadline, the Islanders know that it's a seller's market right now because the demand far outstrips the supply, especially when you're talking about goal scorers. I mean, the fact that Chris Kreider is considered the best or one of the best available players offensive players at this trade deadline tells you that the supply is not that great. So what happens next? 
I, I really would tend to be cautious. Don't spend too much unless you've got a guy who is A, signed beyond this season, or B, is going to make that big of an impact. Because the Islanders right now, and I've said this before on the show, talent-wise, they have two second lines and two fourth lines, offensively speaking. Maybe one or two players are first-round talents, but they're not producing like it. Don't know how much it's worth to give up to to be all in and sacrifice the future to win at most one round, maybe if you're lucky two. But they won't be the favorite in any playoff round they play as of right now. Going to be tough. Tough decisions. That's why Lou Lamorello makes the big bucks. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame. And let's see what he would do. What would you do if you were Lou Lamorello? Send us an email or a tweet. Let us know because there is a lot to discuss as the trade deadline heats up. All right, we're going to step out. When we come back, we'll preview the game tonight against the Red Wings at the Nassau Coliseum. Plus, we'll talk about the Jersey retirements and a whole lot more. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget now, tonight's game against the Red Wings, an 8 o'clock start at the Nassau Coliseum because of the ceremony that will be held to honor John Tonelli at the retirement of his number 27. And uh, Tonelli, an Islander from 1978-79 through 1985-86, a part of all four Stanley Cup final teams during the Islanders' dynasty years, assisted the Bobby Nystrom goal that won the 1980 Stanley Cup Finals Game 6 in overtime and also scored the key tying goal in the opening round of the playoffs against the Pittsburgh Penguins that nearly upended the Islanders' dynasty after just two years and kept them alive in that fifth and deciding game of that opening round series. Overall, Tonelli... uh, Eighth on the Islanders' all-time scoring list with 544 points. And he released a statement, by the way, because obviously Anders Lee presently wearing number 27. And uh, here's what Tonelli's statement said. I have spoken with current Islanders team captain Anders Lee, and from seeing the tremendous leader he is, I told him I would be honored if he continues to wear our number until the end of his career. So. The game is scheduled at 8 o'clock, but if you're fortunate enough to have tickets, if you're attending the game, get there closer to 7 because the ceremony and uh, the speeches and everything else will take place starting around 7. And Jiggs McDonald, the Hall of Fame broadcaster uh, who was behind the microphone on Sports Channel back in the day when the Islanders dynasty was taking place, will be the MC for the ceremony honoring John Tonelli. So that's a a good thing, and uh, we certainly are looking forward to having Tonelli back on the island for this one. As for the game itself, it is the third meeting between the Islanders and the Red Wings, and the final, uh, unfortunately, for the Islanders. Islanders won the first meeting in Detroit 4-1 back on December 2nd. And then on January 14th, the Islanders crushing Detroit by a score of 8-2. to So the Isles 
going for the sweep right now in this season series. The Red Wings 15-43-4 on the season. Worst record in the National Hockey League. Eighth place, obviously, in the Atlantic Division. They beat Montreal 4-3 in their last game at home, but before that, they were on another one of their fairly lengthy losing streaks. And when you look at the numbers, it's easy to see why this team isn't all that successful. Last in the league in goals scored. Last in the league in goals against. 30th in power play percentage, only 14.4% success rate. 29th on the penalty kill at a 74.9% success rate. So, look, folks, this is a must-win game for the Islanders. They cannot continue to slip and lose game after game after going 0 for 4 on that road trip. So, anyway, if you're looking at Detroit, Jonathan Bernier and Jimmy Howard are the two goalies. Bernier has started 33 games for this team. He's 13-17 and 2, a 2.89 goals against and a 9.08 save percentage. Those are not terrible numbers. Uh but then Jimmy Howard, what a disastrous season he's having. 26 starts, 2 wins, 22 losses and 2 overtime losses. A goals against average of 4.08 and a save percentage of 886. Those wouldn't even be good numbers in the high-flying 80s. So, uh, tough time right now for Howard and, and for the Red Wings organization. They used to be the standard for so many years, making the playoffs for what, you know, a quarter of a century. And now, the worst team in the league. Dylan Larkin, their leading scorer with uh, 42 points. He has 15 goals. Their leading goal scorer, Tyler Bertuzzi, with 18. And... Uh, Talk about rough numbers. Uh, there are players, look at these numbers, minus 32 for Philip Ronick. Uh, Andreas uh, Athanasio, minus 43. Valtteri Filpola, minus 39. Mike Green, minus 30. Unbelievably bad numbers statistically. And uh, look, these are not bad hockey players, but this right now is a very shaky hockey team. You break down the the injuries, first of all, Jonathan, uh, excuse me, Dan DeKaiser, uh, Philip Zadina, and Philip uh, Ronick all out, Ronick day-to-day. The other two, DeKaiser and Zadina, are on injured reserve. So that is further damage to an already shaky lineup that lacks depth. Dylan Larkin centers Robbie Fabry and Ant and Anthony Manta on the top line. The second line center is Philpola with Tyler Bertuzzi and the aforementioned Andreas Athanasio flanking him. Former Islander Franz Nielsen centers the third line with Darren Helm and Luke Glendenning on his wings. And the fourth line pivot, Christopher Ain, centering Adam Earn and Brendan uh, Perlini. The defensive pairings right now for the Red Wings. Uh, Patrick Nemeth and Alex Biega are the top duo. Madison uh, Boney and Mike Green are the second pairing. 
while Trevor Daly and Gustav Lindstrom are the third pair. Folks, again, no excuse whatsoever for not winning this hockey game. It's it, it would be emotionally devastating for the Islanders not to earn the W. All right, we'll step out. When we come back, we'll have this date in Islanders history, and we will preview Sunday's game against the San Jose Sharks. And we will also uh, discuss some injury updates as some of the injured players getting a little closer to returning. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, so yesterday, uh, Barry Trotz announcing that Cal Clutterbuck should resume skating with the team and practicing with the team on Monday. He could return sometime next week, and that is certainly a welcome thing. Casey Sezik is still at least two, three weeks away, so that is uh, still some time left, but the Islanders definitely would benefit from getting Cal Clutterbuck back in the lineup. All right, this date in Islanders history, February 21st, 2011, home game at the Nassau Coliseum against the Florida Panthers and the Islanders drawing first blood Matt Molson, his 24th of the year from John Tavares and Travis Hamanick at 740, and the Islanders led one to nothing. That top line striking again. It was Molson, his 25th from Parento, PA Parento and Hamanick at 1458. And after one period, the Islanders held a two to nothing lead. In the second period, the Islanders add to their lead with Stephen Weiss serving a five-minute major and a game misconduct for elbowing that taking place late in the first period. It carries over to the second period, and the Islanders do manage to cash in Radek Martinek, his second of the year, on the power play from Franz Nielsen just 37 seconds into the second, and the Islanders had a 3 to nothing lead. At 6.41, the Islanders add to the lead again. Josh Bailey, his ninth from Blake Como and Andrew McDonald. And after 40 minutes, the Islanders had a four-goal lead, four to nothing. Thomas Vokun in goal, by the way, for Florida. Al Montoya guarding the Nets for the Islanders. In the third period, things get... Uh, a little closer as Mike Santarelli scores a power play goal for Florida at 10:34 from Jason Garrison and Dennis Weidman. That made it 4-1, but when they pull Vokun, the Islanders clinch the win and the hat trick for Matty Ice, Matt Molson, his 26th at 17:23 assist to Jack Hillen and Zenon Kanapka. Final score in this game, Islanders 5. Florida Panthers won uh, a solid 20-save effort for Al Montoya to earn the victory. Uh, Three goals for Matt Molson on five shots. Franz Nielsen and John Tavares also had five. Michael Grabner led the Islanders with seven shots on goal. Two assists for Travis Hamanick in this contest as they were the only two players to have multiple point games. So... A big win for the Islanders and a hat trick for Matt Molson on this date in Islanders history, 
February 21st, 2011. And uh, a big win right there for the Isles. All right. Now, don't forget on Sunday, the Islanders will host the San Jose Sharks. That game, a 5 o'clock Eastern time start at the Nassau Coliseum. Uh, Sharks coming in 26-30-4, depending on how they do against the Devils and the Rangers uh, between now and then. Sharks struggling also, 28th in the league in goals scored, 26th in goals against. Their power play is 23rd, but their penalty kill is elite. It is, in fact, as of right now, the best in the league. Sharks presently in sixth place in the Pacific Division, but uh, basically 12 points behind fifth place Arizona and three points separate first and fifth place in that tough Pacific Division. The goaltenders right now for San Jose, Martin Jones, the starter, Aaron Dell, the backup, although, you know, 33 starts so far for Jones, 26 for Dell, a 3.15 goals against average for Martin Jones, an 8.94 save percentage, and a 14.17 and two record. Dell 12-12-2 with a 2.89 goals against average and a 9.09 save percentage. Dell playing better uh, statistically, at least right now, than Jones. Brent Burns, the tough offensive uh, defenseman, right now with 41 points to lead the Sharks in 59 games. Eric Carlson has 40 points, but is banged up. Timo Meyer, 20 goals, 39 points. And then Evander Kane right now leading the team with 21 goals. If we go through the lineup right now for the Sharks, Joe Thornton centering Meyer and Kevin LeBanc as the top line. Barclay Goodrow is the second line center with Patrick Marlowe and Stefan Noesen. On his wings, Joel Kelman centers the third line with Melkar Carlson and Marcus Sorensen flanking him. And the pivot on the fourth line, Alexander True with Dylan Gambrell and Noah Greger on his wings. On defense, Jacob Middleton and Brent Burns are the top duo. The second pairing, Mark Edward Vlasic and Radim Simek. And then Mario Ferraro and Tim Heed are the 5-6 pairing on this team. Injuries right now, uh, Dalton Prout, Logan Couture, Tomas Hertel, Joel Kelman, and Eric Carlson all banged up. Carlson listed officially as day-to-day. The others all on injured reserve. Now again, the Islanders desperately needing to get two points at home against a team that is struggling right now. They're on a long road trip to the East Coast. This is something that, again, the Islanders, if they want to make a move and get back into the thick of the playoff picture, they're going to need to get four points, a minimum of three, in these two games this weekend. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. If you're enjoying the show, Please make sure to leave us a five-star rating and leave a review, a comment on your podcatcher of choice. That helps other hockey and Islander fans find the podcast and helps us grow the Locked On Islanders family. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the John Tanelli retirement ceremony. And 
Thanks again for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.